0: And come into the house to to give God his worship, his worship that he deserves. So thank you for honoring God with your life this morning, with your heart, and also with your mind, church, with your mind. Next Sunday, we have a community outreach over at Enzer um, for and we'll meet over there at uh, at the church, Presbyterian Church, across the street at Four o'clock to load supplies, and all hands are, are welcome. Um, that's next Sunday. Also, church, we have a, there's a sign-up sheet in the foyer for the ladies' conference in October. Ladies' conference in Octo- October, and those that uh, want to attend, it is an urgency that you go ahead and, and sign up as soon as possible. Um, and if you have any questions, please, please reach out to uh, my wife, First Lady Tammy, um, if you have any questions about that. Amen. Let us, let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father. Thank you for your faithfulness, Father. I thank you for these hearts that are, have decided uh, in their heart, God, to come and worship you today, God, to come and hear what you have to say, God. I just thank you for them all, God. I thank you for allowing us to be here today to, to bring worship and honor and praise to you, God. Um, as the song says, God, uh, we belong to you. Everything that we have belongs to you. Um, we, we, those that are, that are here, God, belongs to you. Those that are not here belong to you, Lord. And so, Lord, I just ask you to move me aside and bring forth the, the word that you have designed for the hearts and minds of your people, um, I pray that you allow me to plant the seed and Holy Spirit. You come in and and dwell among them and water that seed and grow that seed within their hearts and within their minds God. And and allow them to flourish. To flourish in the things of you Holy Spirit. You always tells us that, that you are the teacher of all things Lord. So have your way this morning. In Jesus name and the church said Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Resting in God's love, resting in God's love. I want us to talk about the fact that God's love for us is proven. It is proven. We just heard the song, great is his faithfulness to love us. Hallelujah. Great is his faithfulness to love us. And, and, even though I think that it's normal for us to feel um, not worthy of God's love sometimes, um, you know, we may sometimes have trouble believing that God even loves us sometimes, you know. We may even doubt his love for us sometimes, to be honest. But there is no one in this world, no one in this world with proof that can claim that God doesn't love him no one no one regardless of the circumstances church regardless of the circumstances no one but i know that when we get in our feelings and we get in our our flesh and the enemy seems as though he's winning the battle of our of our lives and And, you know, we sometimes seem to doubt God's love for us, you know. But we have to be careful about our thoughts and our feelings towards God. Because the enemy will take those thoughts and take those feelings and he will twist them all around. And he will seed even more doubt within us. Especially in our troubled circumstances. We've all been there. We've all been there. We've all had those moments where we are upset with, with God or life about our trials and tribulations, our hardships, our, our struggles, you know, or, or things just haven't seemed to be able to come together as we desire. And, and we tend to ask God, why, God? Why? Don't you love me? What about me, God? What about me? What about me? And, and honestly, I really, I really think that God understands. God knows that we're fallible. He knows we're in this weakened state sometimes. But if there's anyone that's doubting that God loves you, You can stop. You can stop. When you think of how he has been the God of of comfort in your sorrows and in your grief, you can stop when you think of how he has carried you through your toughest times of your life, through your hardships, your trouble. You can stop when you realize and remember that he is the God that, that healed your broken hearts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can stop when you woke up this morning and remembered that it's only by his mercy and his grace that you're here this morning. Hallelujah. Sometimes <laughs> sometimes we may doubt. We may doubt even though we may doubt, you can never claim, hallelujah, with facts that our God doesn't love you. You can never use that as an excuse, church. Never use it as an excuse. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We as as humanity, we uh, have all sorts of different ways to, to show love. You know, we... We do it with words. We do it with cards, uh, affection, um, gifts. You know, all types of ways to show our love to one another. However, God, God doesn't just tell us he loves us. He demonstrates how much he loves us. He demonstrated how much he loves us with a very costly gift, the gift of his son, the gift of his son is there any better or or more sacrificial gift that one could give in romans eight thirty two the apostle Paul explains it like this he says. What then shall we say in response to those things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If he, if he did not spare his son, his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, Jesus, graciously give us all things? It sounds good to to say that God is for us, right? How do we know that God is for us? Something had to happen. Something had to happen. The word gave carries the idea to, to give up something, to hand something over. God basically handed over his son to die. And he didn't do it with a frown on his face. He didn't do it grudgingly. No, no. God handed over His Son in grace to die on the cross for you. Paul wants us to understand that the Cross Church has provided the assurance that that God's work in us ensures us ensures us that that of his continuing grace and his continuing love for us now and forever. The God will freely, he will freely give and and freely and and graciously give us all things needed. All things needed. That is the assurance of what Paul is saying. Everything that, that we need the longing that's in our lives, the thirsting that, that's, that's for the good things of life, that, that loving family that you thirst for, that you hunger for, that, that nice home, the reliable vehicles, that, that peace in your heart, church. That all things that we truly need for a life of godliness and salvation is all wrapped up in Christ. It's all wrapped up in the finished works of Christ on the cross. The Bible tells us that all things work together for the good of those who what? Love the Lord. Love the Lord. Together with Christ, God says we as believers, we don't have to doubt. We don't have to doubt. We don't have to to wonder or, or hope. We don't have to wish that we would receive his love. We have all things in Christ Jesus. Now, why? Why would God show us such favor? Why would God show us such favor? There is never at any point, church, in which we can gain God's favor. God's favor is solely from God. He chooses to give his favor just like he chose to give his son for your sake, for my sake, to die on that cross. He loves you that much. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. You know, one can say that that the test of any love is, is how much one is willing to give. The test of any love is is how much one is willing to give. God gave his son as a supreme gift. A supreme gift. The gift of all gifts, church. The gifts of all gifts that proves his love for us. Now the Bible tells us that the person who claims to to have complete faith and, and love for God surrenders everything to him, surrenders everything to him, that they continuously seek to understand his will to live a life that honors him and glorifies him. The Bible tells us that this is how we know we love God, by keeping his commandments, by keeping his commandments. So I ask you today, as I've been examining myself all week, church, what is is the proof of your love for God? What are you doing that says you love God? What are you giving that says you love God? What have you gave up? What have you handed over in your life that can prove your love for God? Basically, where is the evidence? Of your faith? Where is the evidence in your life that can prove your love for God? I ask us to examine ourselves this week on our own proof that we really love God. Just a hint is bigger than Sunday mornings. God revealed his love for us by sending his son to be the once and for all sacrifice for sin and bring about salvation for all people. His son took our punishment and paid the penalty penalty for death that demanded justice. Justice Church was satisfied with Jesus taking our place on the cross. Now, God in his great love, his great love for mankind could receive us back to himself. Because he gave, church. Because he gave his son to die for us. That's how much he loves us. The love of God is a proven love. It's a proven love. So you can be certain, church, that God, for God's love for you. You can be certain. You don't have to question it, that God loves you. Even in your circumstances, you don't have to question that God's love you. And if you ever doubt His love, just look back to the cross. Look back to Jesus dying on that cross. That was for you. That was for you. God didn't just send Christ to die for a few. No. He sent him to die for all. All people because he loves all people. And through his death, God's love was manifested, church, towards us. Towards us. God wants us to get it. God wants us to get it. Do we see what he has done? All oh, because he loves you. He wants us to get it, that whosoever believes in the life, death, and the resurrection of his son will not perish, but have everlasting life. So if we believe in God's love, and we receive his love through Jesus Christ, we can have eternal life. But we have, to, we have to understand what receiving his love is all about, church. We have to understand what receiving his love is all about. Even though God loves us, it does not relieve us of the responsibility Because God loves us, is one thing, but our responsibility, church, is to receive that love. It's to receive that love. It's one thing to know that God loves us, it's another to actually receive it. The sinner knows about God's love. The saint chose to receive his love. God loves all people. But all people haven't received his love, church. All people haven't received his love. All people are not saved. All people haven't truly received Jesus Christ within their hearts. We cannot save ourselves. We cannot save ourselves. There is no salvation for anyone who does not receive God's love through Jesus Christ, the Son. None. None. We have the responsibility to believe in His Son and receive Him as Lord and Savior in our lives. John 1.12 Yet to all who did receive Him, to those who believed in His name, He gave them the right. The right to become children of God. When we believe we receive. You can't receive unless you believe, church. When you believe in Christ, you're saying, God, I receive your love. I receive your forgiveness of my, of my sins, and I am willing to enter into a love relationship with you throughout the rest of my journey on this earth through your son, Jesus Christ, being, being, being led by your word, being led by your Holy Spirit. I will live as a redeemed child of Christ by word, faith, and deed. I will live as a child of God who has received your son, Jesus Christ, as Lord over my life and Savior of my life. Many have not truly received God's love. So many are not really saved, really saved. Many have not truly received God's Son by which it says salvation is found. Hallelujah. Salvation is found in no one else for there is no, no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we, we must be saved. No other name. No other name. God has called us to trust, to trust in his son. God has set it up like this. <laughs> we know that God loves us, but, but to receive the blessings and the, and the benefits of his love, we must believe and receive and trust in his son. And this believing, church, is more than just recognizing that Jesus died and now lives. It's having faith. It's having faith in his word. And having faith in his word is what? Living by his word. Living out the word in your life, church. To trust him with your life. The Bible tells us that the ultimate goal for the believer is living a life through the Holy Spirit being transformed daily into the likeness of Jesus. It's more than just believing. It's more than just believing. Heaven and an eternal life is only through Jesus Christ, the Son. Only through it. Only through Jesus Christ, the Son. Jesus answered his disciples. How will I know where to go? Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. Hallelujah. And I am the life. No one, no one comes to the Father except through me. Anybody looking for God? Must go through Jesus. If you know a God without a Son, it's not God. It's not God. See, we should live a life on this earth to get back to the one church we read about. We should live a life on this earth to get back to the one that we we pray to, the one that we worship, the one that we honor, the one that we praise. We should want to meet face-to-face the one who created us and the one who loved us so much more than we can ever imagine. We should live this life for those purposes. And the only way to get to God the Father is living through Jesus the Son. The only way. The only way, the only way of salvation, the only way. God's son is son to rescue the ones who who truly believe. (laughs) He's son is son to rescue the ones who truly believe. Salvation, church, is the rescuing of the perishing. The rescuing of the perishing, and it's only through Jesus Christ that one will not perish. Only through Christ. Many believe that God, that the God of love would not subject his people to, to eternal pain. But the truth is that, that God's hatred for, for sin is just as strong as his love for us. Just as strong. To perish, church, is the fate. Of all who do not trust Jesus for salvation. To perish is the is the fate of those who who know God's love for them, but decides to to refuse to receive God's love. God at great cost, church, provided a way, a way at great cost of escape for the sinner. The Bible says that he loved us even before we were born into this earth. The Bible says he, he loved us even before we were born again into Christ. Romans 5.8, but Christ died for us while we were still, still sinners. And by this, God showed how much he loved us. Receive that in your hearts. Receive that in your hearts this morning. Don't just take that for granted because we heard it multiple times. Receive that in your heart. Receive that. But Christ died for us while we were still sinners. And by this, God showed how much he loves us. There's no one that can claim That God doesn't love them. Regardless of the circumstances. God's mercy, church, delayed our judgment. While we were still sinners, God's mercy delayed our judgment. Because he is long-suffering towards us. Again, not willing that anyone should perish. Why? Because he loves us, but that all should come to repentance. Why? Why give us a chance? Because he loves us. And his promises to those who believe will have everlasting life with him in heaven. Why? Because he loves us. God wants to see you face to face. Because he loves you. God wants you to spend eternity in heaven with him. Because he loves you. God wants you to see him. God wants you to see him. Because he loves you. He knows what's going on in your head. The challenge is this life. The challenge is this life. He tells us to endure, and we will receive that crown, that crown, that meeting face to face, that our hearts so dwell for a church. God wants to see you face to face. This life of faith, church is eternal. This life of faith that we live right now, that we are living right now, is eternal. It is eternal. And nothing can can sever us from it. Nothing. It doesn't stop. This life that we're living doesn't stop, church. So we might as well get used to it. Get used to receiving God's love. Get used to living in the Spirit. Spirit. Because this life is not going to stop for you. It is eternal. We're being prepared. He's preparing us. Preparing us. This life of getting to know God, receiving God's love, seeking God's love should never end for us. Should never end for us. This life will continue in heaven continue in heaven for greater for greater things he's preparing us church we should have a burning desire for the one who loves us more than anything we should have a burning desire within our hearts for the one who loved us more than anything the one who sacrificed everything for us we should have a burning desire for whatever he commands of us. Whatever he wants done. Whatever he wants laid down at the feet of Jesus. It shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter. shouldn't matter. When we think of that sacrifice. Burning desire for the one who loved us most. Our love, church, tends to... Be conditional, but not God's love. His love is constant. His love is unconditional. It's unshakable. His love is perfect. God's love is strong, church, and and powerful. It's not weak. It's not a weak love that would give up on someone. It's not. It's an everlasting love that is not affected By our circumstances. It's not. God's love is unwavering. Even when it seems as if things are going wrong. God's love is unwavering, church. Unwavering. Understand, nothing can drive a wedge between us and God's love. Nothing. Not even your circumstances not even your circumstances. And I want us to close this morning with Paul in in encouraging us in Romans. And, And as I read through this, as I go through this, I want us to also go ahead and prepare for a communion as well. We'll be reading from Romans 8, 37 through 39 as we... Prepare for communion at this time. The love of God. And it reads, No, despite in all these things, all these things, what is he saying? All the troubles, all the heartaches, all the pains of life, through all the temptations of life, through all the sin that's in our hearts, the sin that we may have committed or or think about committing. We are not victims of our suffering, church. We're not victims of our suffering. But that overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Through all those things, we have an overwhelming victory. Through all those things, our hardships, our troubles, whatever it may be, we have an overwhelming victory in Christ Jesus. That should motivate us to continue in this life. 38 says, and I am convinced, I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing. Nothing. We can stand on that love. We can bank on that love. If nothing else in our life is proven, God's love is proven. God's love is proven. Did you know that sin separates us from from having a relationship with God. But sin doesn't separate us from his love. It doesn't separate us from his love. Did you know that God sees your struggles with sin and he still loves you? Do you know that God knows all about your wrongs? And he still loves you? Do you know he, he, he sees all your, the unrighteousness of your heart, the unrighteousness of your past, the unrighteousness in the moment? And he still loves you. Did you know that if any of you fail in your spiritual life, that it will not be from a lack of God's love? It will be from, your, from no e- external force or some strong adversary? No, it will not be. It will be from, from your lack, your lack of failure in your spiritual life. It will be from a lack of your commitment to abide in Christ. It will be from a lack of your, your, your love. In return. To God. The reason we as Christians know. That, that God loves us. Is because he did not spare his own son. He did not spare. His own son. So, if God is willing to do the, the greatest thing imaginable for you, don't you know that he would do all the lesser? All the lesser things in life after salvation is simple to God. It's simple to God. If he chose to do the greatest thing imaginable, don't you think that he would do everything else for you? And in saying that, let us partake of this communion. So with this cup, church, and with this bread, we acknowledge, we acknowledge God's love for us through Christ Jesus. We acknowledge the the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. We say, Lord, we get it. Say, God, if there's any chance that I need to look inside my heart and and, and reevaluate how I've been treating your love for me, let this be the time, God. Speak into my heart, Lord. Speak into my heart. So I lift this up to God. Say, God, this is us understanding. This is us understanding the sacrifice of your son on our behalf. This is us understanding that there is nothing that will separate your love from us. So, Father, I pray that you just speak to our hearts and minds about anything that is not like you. I ask that you take it out of us. So that we can be reconciled to you in peace, God. In Jesus' name, let us partake of the elements.